Hello and welcome to our reflections for Sunday the 14th November from Black Horse Road Baptist Church with me Naaman. Today is Remembrance Sunday and so we are joining with many other people in taking some time to pause and to reflect and to remember the horrors of war, the sacrifice of those who've died in the cause of what is right and just and the tragedy of those who have suffered because of wars. So as we begin our time together, let us take a moment and pray. Almighty God, King of the nations and Prince of Peace, today we remember them who fought for what they believed was right, who sacrificed everything for justice and peace. We remember them and give thanks. We remember them who, for conscience's sake, did not take up arms, but fought violence with gentleness, injustice with compassion, and paid with their lives. We remember them and give thanks. For those wounded in body, mind and spirit, whose faith in God and in good has been shaken, we pray for them, that you will bear them gently and be merciful to them. For those who live each day with the sound of battle and cries of the suffering, for those who wage war and for those who give their lives for peace, may the peace that passes understanding fill them and bring healing. For ourselves, who live in safe havens, far from the horrors of war. Save us from complacency. Open our eyes to the injustices of our peacetime. Give us courage to oppose them, strength to fight them, and willingness to sacrifice our own comforts for the greater good. For all your people in every situation, wisdom to know what is right, courage to take a stand, and your peace in our hearts, in and through the name of Jesus, commander of God's army, and he who is our peace, we pray. Amen. The COP26 summit has finished this week, and over the past few weeks, in the run-up to this, we have been using resources from Operation NOAA to consider our response as Christians to the climate crisis and to the effects of global warming upon our world. We've thought about how God is the God of creation, who made this world and who has given it to us for us to look after and care, and how our actions are causing so much um, hurt and destruction in our world. In a moment we're going to hear from uh, Justin Thacker from Operation Noah again about how we should be speaking up publicly but before that, we'll take a moment to reflect and to pray. I'm going to read from Psalm 8. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory in the heavens. Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. 
When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them, human beings that you care for them? You have made them a little lower than the angels, and crowned them with glory and honour. You made them rulers over the works of your hands. You put everything under their feet, all flocks and herds and the animals of the wild, the birds in the sky and the fish in the sea, all that swim the paths of the seas. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Heavenly Father, we praise you for the majesty and beauty of your creation, for the wonder of the world around us, for the incredible things that we can see and experience. We thank you that you have placed us on this earth and given us these things to enjoy and to care for. As we think about this, we offer our sorrow for the way that things have gone in our world for the death and destruction that is caused through the actions of humanity. We repent of our part in it, for the times when we have kept quiet, for the times when we have used things wrongly in ways that cause damage to our world and to other people. We pray for your help in being able to look after this world that you have given to us. We pray for your help in being able to look after the people that you have placed upon this earth, and especially those who are most vulnerable to the problems caused by global warming. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. We're going to hear from Justin Thacker in just a moment, but before we do, is a short reading from Proverbs chapter 31 that is about speaking up and speaking out. Proverbs 31 verses 8 to 9 Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and needy. used to be a medical doctor and uh, I was a paediatrician in fact and that's relevant to how I first became interested in climate justice. I can distinctly remember um, to be honest being a little bit skeptical about climate issues and then I was in a church one Sunday morning and there was a video being shown about climate issues and initially I wasn't you know really interested very much but then as this video continued it showed me something that I hadn't realized until that point which is that climate change, global warming, impacts people, and in particular impacts the poor. The reason I think people should be engaged in issues of climate justice is fundamentally because it's about people. And actually the Old Testament put that in concrete terms. It said things like, you know, when you're building a house, put a parapet around the roof so that people don't 
fall off. It said if your uh, neighbor's ox or donkey falls by the wayside, you should you know, help it and pick it up and bring it back to your neighbor. It said you should leave uh, gleanings, you know, food at the edge of the field or you know, crops at the edge of the field so your neighbor can pick them up. My point is the Old Testament is full of a narrative of a command that says we need to care for our neighbor. Now that's uh, continued into the New Testament. Paul uh, says we shouldn't only look out for our own interests. John says, or in the letter uh, to John, it says, you know, how can the love of God be in us if we simply say to the person who's hungry and homeless, you know, bless you and we'll pray for you, but do nothing to meet their physical needs. Climate change, global warming, affects people. It affects, in particular, poor people. Heat waves, through droughts, through crop failures, uh, through floods, extreme weather events, through uh, a rise in uh, communicable diseases, through uh, insect-borne diseases that are gonna grow in their spread of pattern. And those people are our brothers and sisters. So how do we address this? Well, I absolutely think the way we address this is by getting involved in political engagement. Okay? Ultimately, the solution to climate change is going to be a multinational or international political solution. You know, that's where it has to come from. Now, we can't influence, or not easily, the United Nations, but we can influence the British government. We can influence the British government through how we vote. We can influence the British government through uh, the policies that we support, through writing and meeting with our local MP for campaigning on issues of climate justice here in the UK. So thinking about Romans 13, you know, it says be subject to the authorities. And, you know, some people have interpreted that to mean that, you know, we just do whatever governments say. Governments have been appointed by God and therefore, you know, we should just obey them. But actually, if you look at the life of Paul, indeed, if you look at the life of Jesus uh, and the early disciples, there's times when they very clearly are not, uh, don't just do whatever the authorities say. So you have this tension, uh, governments ordained by God, in some sense, we're meant to be subject to them, but also examples where we're clearly, in the name of Christ, not simply doing everything that the authorities are, are saying. Governments are uh, ordained by God, but they're ordained by God as a temporary measure until Christ comes again. And while they have this temporary authority, what is it that Christians are meant to do? They're meant to hold those governments to account. British evangelicalism has a great history of political engagement. I mean, obviously I can point to the 19th and 18th centuries and the reforms of people like Wilberforce and Elizabeth Fry and so on. You know, evangelicals are right at the forefront of changing school systems, penal systems, slavery obviously is the classic example that everyone knows about, but factory conditions as well, the lives of the working poor, uh, children's rights and, and so on. So. You know, if we look at our heritage as evangelicals, we have been, uh, certainly in the 19th and 18th centuries, very much engaged in political reform. Jubilee 2000, a campaign that was begun by Christians about cancelling third world debt, it actually led to the cancellation of Global South Debt and the introduction of the Highly Indebted Poor Countries Initiative. In other words, it's made a real difference 
Yes, these problems are big and complex. Yes, we're not going to solve them. And some of them will remain, you know, until Jesus comes again. Uh, but we need to do what we can, because that's what it means to love our neighbour in the meantime. And certainly my experience of political engagement has been that um, those who genuinely have the biggest influence are those who do it quietly. You know, the media aren't going to point to those conversations. They took place quietly, they took place in the background, but actually they've had a bigger influence in changing policy. And to use a biblical analogy, perhaps you could argue working more as a mustard seed that actually leads to much bigger change in the long term. Thank you for joining us today. May God bless you and may he help us to be people who speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. May he help us to speak up and judge fairly and to defend the rights of the poor and the needy. Let's finish by saying the grace together. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen.